Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9 on 2FM. Yes, sex and relationship therapy time, my friends. So uh, just a little ears warning. And remember, you can catch this on our podcast after the show if you're around little ears or people of a sensitive nature. Now, love, 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 love can be, not right, Graham, can be complicated. <laughs> it's a complicated game for two. But what happens when there is only one of you even aware that you're playing the game of love. Well, Rachel Cook is on the line with all the answers. Isn't that right, Rachel Cook? Oh, I'm here. I'm you're here, here for I this. Want, what have you got for me? Well, we want to talk about uh, unrequited love. When you're madly oh. in love with someone and that feeling is not reciprocated or the other way around. So first off, Rachel, what would you say is the, is the difference between having a crush on someone and falling in love? Yeah. Okay. So this, it really does depend on the person because there's a lot of different definitions out there. And I was reading up just before we, we did, we came mm. on, you know, on air to do this. And, you know, I was kind of baffled by some of the definitions of unrequited love, to be honest. Um, because I think, you know, I would say actually the difference between having a crush on someone and then like actually falling in love is really to do with how much, you know, that person and how much, um, that is reciprocated. So what we call unrequited love often in, involves really just infatuation. You know, it's not knowing someone very well, but having a fantasy about being together with them, which is kind of like, you know, a stronger than a crush. Um, but that we often in our society call that love, yeah. which I think is a bit mad and unhelpful because often we just don't know the other person very well. We don't know anything about um, our compatibility with each other or maybe we know them as a friend, but we don't know them particularly well in other areas of life. Now, it's not to say that there's anything wrong with having crushes on people or being infatuated with someone. It's just that I think it's unhelpful to call that love. Okay, so trying to decipher the difference, you know, because if somebody has a crush, they could... It can be confusing, I suspect, okay, because yeah. it's emotional. Uh, but what kind of questions should they ask themselves before maybe revealing their feelings to that person? You know, let's yeah. say they found themselves head over heels for a friend or a colleague. Yeah. Okay. So there's a ton of questions you can ask. So it can be about, well, is it actually suitable for this to go anywhere? You know, because often if it's someone like a colleague, you know, lots of people meet each other at work for sure, but it can also become very complicated if it doesn't work out. You know, if one or both of you end up having, not having a great time or you ask them out and they reject you and you're then really embarrassed, you know, not because you should be embarrassed because, you know, it happens to us all that we get rejected or someone's not interested in us in that way. But it can just make things a bit more difficult if you're having a crush on someone and then you feel sort of a bit embarrassed or vulnerable at work and you're having to see that person every day. So I think a good question to ask is, does it really make sense for me to go there with this person? Um, that's that's a good okay. start. And then in terms of just like the level of crush or feelings, like how well do you know that person? Because there's nothing wrong with not knowing someone very well. But if you're having extremely like intense longing for someone and really imagining, you know, a future together and having, you know, I don't know whether it's sex or having, you know, living together, having kids going on holidays. That's great. It's absolutely fine to do that in your mind. But that, you know, it still doesn't tell you that you're actually going to be compatible with that person in any way. So I would kind of ask yourself, like, what what is the strength of my feelings? and what am I looking for here like maybe this crush has built up because maybe you recently had a breakup and part of you is desperate to be with someone else uh, maybe you so you're saying interested. look at yourself if you're having yeah. these strong feelings especially for someone who's maybe unavailable or emotionally unavailable 
Uh, I mean, should you be asking yourself questions like, what am I missing in my life? Why am I going through this? Are they important questions to ask yourself? Big time. Yeah. Absolutely. Ask how you're doing yourself, you know, because again, nothing wrong with having a crush, nothing wrong with wanting to be in a relationship or to have sex with someone or whatever. But like sometimes the when there's a massive focus on one person, that can tell you that maybe you're missing, maybe it's a lot of, I don't know, companionship or playfulness or, you know, sort of touch, physical touch is a big one in your, you know, in your life. Um, or you're missing sort of adventure, you know, and you could do with actually having a new hobby and, and connecting with your friends rather than necessarily spending hours a day preoccupied with how you might bump into this person or, you know, get them to like you more. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I want to know, I want to talk about, let's say, worst case scenario. OK, yeah. uh, you open your heart and the other person doesn't feel the same way. Is that the end of any kind of a relationship with that person, do you think? Oh, definitely not. You know, I think sometimes it can be so painful if they're, you know, really you've built up a lot of feelings for them and that you have this very strong kind of limerence or infatuation are two different words for that, which we often call falling in love. But again, I would say falling in love needs to involve some level of reciprocated feelings. So we're more talking about this infatuation or like a very strong crush. Um, you know, if someone says to you either I have absolutely no interest in in you know kind of developing our relationship into something romantic or sexual um but they say that they you know value the friendship or would be interested in having a kind of deeper friendship then absolutely you might need to go away and lick your wounds and feel a bit sad about it for a while grieve the fact that it's maybe not gonna or very unlikely to turn into what you would like it to but it's absolutely possible to be friends with someone after they've told you that they mm. they don't want something sexual or romantic you know I think an important thing to remember here is how much we prioritize in our society still having you know romantic and sexual relationships when we've been banging on for years about this Jen and you've been talking about with lots of other people here about the importance of friendship you know and I know that that's easier said than done when you have very strong sort of lust and romantic feelings for someone but that you know actually you can have a really great long-lasting friendship yeah. with someone. Interesting we were talking about that exact thing today uh, so let me ask you this how can you get rid of such strong feelings for someone those feelings of lust how, how, I oh. mean is it distance is it I don't know what do you think? Yeah, a few things. Sometimes it's distance. Sometimes it's hard to get distance. Like if it's someone who's in your like close friendship group or, um, you know, if it's someone who you see at work, obviously it's a bit difficult. Uh, but I would say talk about it. You know, sometimes it might mean you need to talk to them about it, especially if this is something that you haven't brought to them. Let's say, you know, if it's a case of someone's rejected you. Um, and you're just feeling still, you know, you're just still really into them and really crushing on them, then you're probably just going to want to talk to your friends about it for a while. You might want to talk to a professional if it feels like it's really preoccupying you, getting you down, or, you know, your friends are just sick of hearing about it. Okay. Um, but, you know, feel your feelings, allow yourself to feel angry and sad. You know, it's okay to feel some resentment and kind of, you know, yeah, just, just to feel feel some grief about the fact that it's not going the way you'd like it to go. Okay, what about the flip side? Someone at work or your friend group tells you that they're just really into you, but you don't feel yeah. the same way about them. How can you respond in a kind way so it doesn't get super awkward? Yeah, so I would say, you know, saying something like, depending on whether this is true, because sometimes it might be someone who you actually don't, you're not friends with, you don't want to be friends with, you certainly don't want a romantic or sexual relationship with them. Um, 
in which case you need to just politely say, hey, uh, you know, thanks, I'm, you know, I'm flattered and I'm not interested um, or, you know, I don't see you in that way. But, you know, I wish you well. Mm. If it is someone who you're already friends with or who you can imagine becoming friends with, then you can say something like, you know, you're important to me and I value the time we spend together. However, I'm only interested in us being friends. Or you could say something like, I'm not interested in us exploring a romantic or sexual relationship, but I'd like to stay friends. How can we make that work? You know, that you can kind of put it back on them and sort of, you know, it's not that you're saying, oh, look, this is just a pure rejection. It's you saying if this is true for you, because you obviously you're not obliged to be friends with anyone, um, but that if it is true for you, that you, it doesn't have to be this huge kind of disappointment letdown. Now, they may still have disappointed feelings, of course, but that it's not you having to feel like you're doing something really wrong or bad just to say that's not the type of relationship that I want with you. But I would like this kind of relationship. Mm. Can that work for you? Is it is it common for an unexpected declaration of love like that from someone to just throw your life into a bit of a spin? You know, that's actually quite common. I find that sometimes it's that maybe someone who they hadn't considered romantically or sexually before at all. Now, suddenly you're like, oh, I never thought of that person that way. I had no idea they had those feelings. Um, and so then it might lead to a period of you kind of going, am I could I be interested in them? Mm. Am I interested in them? Maybe I'm actually pretty interested in them, but I just never thought they were interested in me. Um, so, yeah, it could it could bring up loads, you know. And also, I think quite a lot of us have had unpleasant experiences either with you know declaring you know kind of a crush or infatuation or whatever with someone else and it not going the way that we wanted to or becoming very awkward or us feeling really embarrassed or um you know that you know it's been the other way around so I think most of us have some kind of pain around you know the fear of rejection and the fear of feeling sort of undesirable and unwanted and stuff um so yeah that might also kind of throw you into a bit of a like oh have I been mean to this person or something here's a big one for you Rachel what options do you have if you're in a committed relationship or even a marriage and your partner tells you that they're no longer in love with you Okay, so this is in some places, this is uh, un, un, comes under the category of unrequited love, which I think is a, a bit of a strange way to define that, because presumably, you know, if you've been in a committed relationship or, or married to each other, I mean, you may never have felt like you were strongly in love with that person or in love with that person at all, potentially. But, you know, usually I would say people people have experienced that. And so, you know, this is a case of over time. It could be that people grow apart. They grow in very different directions. Maybe they were very good together in the first couple of years of the relationship and it's gone on too long. But in that meantime, they have kids and stayed together. Mm -hmm. There could be all sorts of reasons why people, you know, fall out of love with each other, let's say, um, or just grow apart. Um, yeah. So the options are, you know, work out whether both of you still have a desire to try and make it work because yeah. it is absolutely possible to fall in love with each other again mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it will happen doesn't mean that it happens for every couple but you know mostly when people have lived together for a while and especially if they have kids you know you're often just not getting anywhere near the kind of quality time together that allows you to feel really kind of excited and invested in each other so you can definitely put you know a, you know a good bit of time and energy into seeing if you can reconnect your other options are you know to break up to work out how you will do that you know you might want to remain friends but you might need a period of that but really you need to look at what do you mean by no longer in love because that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people you know so I mean 
I don't know, I'm sure you've experienced some degree of this in your own relationships, Jen, where like there's going to be periods where Mm -hmm. you're just not feeling that into your partner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Especially when you've been with someone for a a huge amount of time because, you know, it's hard to... It's hard to keep focused on the relationship 100% of the time, all the time, when life and kids and everything kind of, you know, happens. Um, But it is about regrouping and growing as a couple, uh, I think, you know. And like you always say, communication is key. Communication. And whatever feelings you're feeling, being able to say it. I feel I can say anything to him, which is probably why we're still together and vice versa. Um, And sometimes he says things that are not easy to hear, um, but we work through them and vice versa. But communication is key. I got a text in Rachel saying, I recently started uh, going out with a girl. It's been a few months. And the other night, one of our mates, a guy, took her aside and confessed um, their love for her. He never said anything to me, but obviously she told me afterwards, what do I do now? Do I bring up the elephant in the room with the friend, uh, try to phase him out or just try and get over it and get on with things? That's like a love actually scenario, isn't it? When you go (laughs) to his mate's girlfriend and is like, I'm mad mad into you. What what would you suggest that person to do? Yeah, I think in in nearly all situations, it's better to try and have a frank, honest, open conversation. You might need to do a a few practice runs, you know, kind of to yourself or with another friend to begin with to, you know, ideally try and work through kind of, you know, really big feelings of anger or or kind of sadness, not because there's anything wrong with having those feelings, but just that it might not be very useful to bring to the other person in a really heightened state. Um, but to just sort of try and own your side in that, you know, what you've got going on, what you're interested in, um, you know, uh, recognizing that, you know, each person in this scenario is their own individual being. Nobody owns anyone. Nobody has any, you know, kind of uh, you know, possesses anyone or has any rights to anyone, but that uh, you know, it's probably going to be better for the for the friendship and the the you know the people involved if that is not you know just kind of pushed under the rug. Unless, of course, it feels like you know the feelings that the person's having are are not particularly strong, and they can just kind of be like, ah, well, that's where we're at right now, and just leave it. Mm. Don't say bros before hoes or anything like that, you know, or where's no that on it. Like, don't do that. Like that. <laughs> Somebody texted in saying one of my best friends told me they love me and I explained that I wasn't feeling the same. They now don't want to hang out with me anymore and I miss them as a friend. But is it kinder for me to just let them go? Or should I ask them to still be friends? Or is that mean? I don't know what to do. Well, that great question. I would say it's definitely better again in that case to ask the person, you know, don't make decisions for other people. You know, so often I hear people saying, I'm going to do this because I think it's kinder for my partner. Or sometimes people will even say things like, you know, I'm not going to tell my partner that I'm not feeling, let's say, sexually interested in them anymore because I don't want to hurt their feelings. And it's like you know, the, the person almost certainly knows to some degree, depending on how close you are. Um, and if they don't, you're basically taking away their autonomy, their agency, mm-hmm. their capacity to make decisions in that situation, which is, you know, that's not cool. You know, you're kind of infantilizing someone. You're treating them like a child by, you know, which what, what, what you might have very good intentions by not wanting to hurt them. But often what you actually are doing is trying to invo- avoid feeling uncomfortable yourself, which is understandable. We don't like feeling uncomfortable, but framing it as this is kinder for the other person when you don't actually know what's going on in their head, I think is unhelpful. Way, way better to just be frank and open and kind of go, look, you know, I feel that there's been some distance between us and I know that you don't really want to be friends. I would love to still be friends, but I understand that that might not be possible for you anytime 
anytime soon or at all. How are you feeling about that? And what what might we be able to do that would work best for both of us? Oh, I have to have those conversations all the time, Rachel. What yeah. In my life. Day in, day out. It's exhausting. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week. That is psychotherapist and mental health consultant, uh, Rachel Cook. She is on Instagram if you want to go and give her a follow. It's at Rachel Jane Cook with an E on the end. And next week, we are going to have a massive argument. Oh, no, sorry. A chat about arguments. And if you have a topic you would like us to discuss, you can email the team 24-7 at janetorty.ie. Yes, um, Rachel's going to teach us how to be better at arguing because I know for one, I'm not great at it. Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9. On 2FM.